0: How's it going? Welcome to Dirty Real Estate Show, where we provide bite-sized actionable tips and hacks along with interviews of industry experts to help you elevate your land investment journey. My name is Eric Cole. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Marshall. Let's go. All right, so we decided we have a we decided to ask each other five questions, um, something that, you know, we, f- we feel like the listeners will benefit from it, right? So let's start with number one. Um, what's your favorite type of force appreciation in the land space?
1: So for me, my favorite, at least right now, my favorite is certainly um, subdivisions. Um, and I think like the okay. me- the reason why is that it's really simple to figure out if there's an opportunity or not, you know. Um and as everybody sure. understands, you know, on a price per acre basis, it's gonna be lower with larger parcel land and it's gonna be higher dollars per acre on the smaller pieces of property. And so as such, you know, it's very easy to pull comps within a certain area, you know. And so if you're looking in one area at a say you're looking at a huge property like a thousand acres if that thing is selling at you know a thousand dollars an acre, but then when you look at smaller pieces that are at you know hundred acres or fifty acres in size and those things are going for fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred, two thousand dollars an acre, then you can easily see where the the opportunity is. You can see where that arbitrage play is. And so ultimately, in a lot of areas, and this is stuff we'll talk about at other times, but there's a lot of areas where you could do subdivisions very, very simply and actually capitalize on that that disparity between the pricing. And so as long as you can get good comps in an area, and you can see, and there, and there's comps that you could pull at different acreage sizes, you can really take advantage of that and do really well. And it's something that you can just kind of do across the whole country, honestly, if you really wanted to. So right now, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorites for sure. How about you, man? Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, for me, I honestly... I am still trying to figure out which is my favorite. And you know, I've I've done a lot of different research and you know, I had a couple of deals that are fairly big. I I, I didn't mean to get those deals, but they just kinda came across. Yeah. You know, you saw. Yeah. And um but I, I really don't know. I think the subdivisions for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm more leaning toward kind of like the recreational side mm-hmm. of things, you know, like subdividing. Um, but into maybe some, I don't know, more like maybe like RV park or some sort of something like that. I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing for residential, but just a little bit different toward the recreational side. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, it adds this whole element of fun into it, though, too, man. You know, I mean, I think what's cool about the things that you you talk about a lot, Eric, I know everybody's like still getting to learn to know Eric and everything like that is me as well. But you'll find, I think, that like a lot of the stuff that you do, I think you do – because you have, like, a passion for it, man. Like, like you, you're interested in yeah. glamp grounds, right? Because you like to go and do that stuff yourself, you know what I mean? So, it's, like, it's kind of, like, a cool yeah. thing because you're you're doing it and hitting, like, a kind of um good things for yourself on different angles, right? You know? So, it's kind of cool to watch that. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah. Like, it, it, it's not, like, a job, man. right? It's, like, you know, it's fun. Every time I go and take the family out in RVs, it's, like, oh, I'm doing business and having fun at the same time. Perfect. Um so yeah, that's that's kind of how I uh, approach most of the the land investment
1: uh, deals. That's perfect. Well, the, the next the, yeah, the next yeah. question is kind of just the flip opposite of it. You know, what's your least favorite type of forced appreciation strategy? So we'll let you answer this one first.
0: Yeah. So for me, um, kind of again, like I I haven't done that much. Uh, I'm not. I haven't done that much into the forced appreciation route. Um, that's kind of like your expertise, yeah. Mike. And uh, But for me, if I have to pick something, um, I would say more like the infrastructure side of things mm-hmm. can get pretty complicated yeah. uh, and very expensive. Right. And so do the whole subdivision, like get the plan done and approve and everything, mm-hmm. right? And then the next step after, which is like the infrastructure part. And that's something that... I I don't think I want to get into because there's different exits, Yeah. right? You know when you when you when you do these value add, and it just kind of depends where you want to exit. Right. You know the longer you are, the more usually the more profit you will be, but more riskier too. Right? Yeah. So I think the infrastructure side of things, um, I I'm not experienced to do it at this moment. Um, yeah. That's probably my least favorite.
1: Yeah, I think I'm like similar to you too. I definitely don't have as much experience in like the infrastructure and like the vertical, you know, development of a property. Um, I think for me, it's probably like, it's probably rooted in that that story I had about with my dad and, and like the roofing story and everything. Because like pretty much for me, like anything that, that requires like, you know, swinging a hammer and, and like, you know, renovating and me physically doing that kind of stuff, or even, even managing contractors to do it is just kind of not my, my preferred method, you know? Um, and it's also a function of like my professional life earlier on. And so I tend to lean towards things that are more, um, like process driven and 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 um like uh paperwork driven and things like that, you know more of like a legal mindset, probably more than an actual physical like construction mindset and again, nothing wrong either way. Right, it's just right. kind of where where the preferences are. so my least favorite is going to be anything that really has to do with like the physical development of the property, and then right after that, you know um, yeah, it would be like the infrastructure stuff like you mentioned too,
0: right.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a totally different beast,
0: you know. Yeah. And I think like what we kind of talk about here is more like, kind of like, like putting things on paper. Like I what you said. I, I read something like, um, uh, in value add the paper or something like, instead of a hammer. Yeah. Did, did I butcher that butcher. No, no, that sounds right. No, that's that's <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean that's exactly
1: it. You know, it's um, it's just the paper process, you know, and so. Yeah, for me it, it that's kind of my my appeal or what's appeals more to me, you know, it's more probably um I guess I'm heady in some respects, you know. And so that's where the yeah, boring yeah. aspect actually comes in for a lot of people too. I think my mind always searches for like strategy, you know, so I think that's why it's appealing to me, you know, more than anything else. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So not as great. I think um I think we're very similar in that, right? I mean, definitely you have a lot more experience in the planning side of things, you know? And um, so the next question is, oh, what makes a strong town a city in your opinion?
1: That's a really good question. I I think, you know, from an investment perspective, you know, when I work with people in terms of trying to identify areas that are good for, you know, subdivisions or any entitlements for that matter, I I lead with kind of two things, you know, one is um, job growth. I use that as a really leading indicator, you know, and there's some really great resources out there to help you identify, you know, job growth, especially over like the last year. Um, I would say that it doesn't necessarily need to be like a lot of historical data. Job growth really is triggered on, you know, the announcement, you know, where a company says, Hey, we're going to locate at this location. We're bringing, you know, 600 jobs or whatever to the area. That may not, right. you know, trigger like massive job growth on the regional level where it gets recorded in all the data and statistics, but very micro, you know, micro um, market oriented, it does really well. And so for me, anything sure. that shows like strong job growth, that's definitely something that I'm more interested in. And then in terms of like um, kind of um, opportunity and identifying demand, would be anywhere where there's an identified housing shortage where, you know, and there's, there's places mm. to find data on that too. And um, if you can kind of couple yeah. those together areas that have a housing shortage and job growth, then there's going to be a lot of demand for real estate, regardless of what it is, whether it be single family homes, commercial land or whatever. And so I try to put those in and it kind of as a tailwind for anywhere that I'm looking.
0: No, that's very smart. I mean, like for me, I think it's very similar to that. I mean there's a lot of things, you know, it's, everything is all pretty much dictated by the job growth, right? right? Mm -hmm. Especially now, you know, especially now, you know, like, um, the different city with, with um, different job growth, people are kind of migrating to everywhere, especially you can work remotely now. And there's a big population, a a big percentage of the population are are going into that, that work remotely type of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so, that might even be sometimes harder to track too, yeah. right? Because, you know, like you said, you know, they can work for a tech company on the on the East Coast or West Coast, and they can live the opposite yeah. side of that. Absolutely, and that's going to be okay too. So, and then a lot of I notice that um, with the job growth and then with the way how um, everybody is kind of you know migrating and stuff, a lot of these more rural like. Um, places are kind of popping up too it's getting more popular people are moving out of the city right. and they're expanding they want to have a you know instead of living in a a condo or whatever mm-hmm. right they can expand and they can drive like maybe 20-30 minutes out and have a bigger house and they have a home office um, you know stuff like yeah. that so the, the more like rural not super rural but what do you call that like a suburban yeah I
1: guess that would be like a suburban yeah, rural
0: right. something like that yeah yeah I think those type of like markets are getting kinda popular. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean yeah, I mean I think it's kinda like just talking about like demographics is what we're really talking about in a lot of ways, you know, and like I think that's what I'm kind of a fan of and from a lot of different books that are out there that talk about it, you know, but like just like right now, how there's a lot of job growth in like the Intermountain West, you know, and then also throughout the southeast. So there's those kind of trends. And as people are retiring more and more, people are moving towards warmer weather. So that's another trend. So just these more like larger macro demographic you know, trends that kind of help indicate where there's going to be growth and where there's going to be opportunity. And then there's also like kind of like the political and regulatory environment that you can look at, too, that kind of helps give indicators as far as where you might find better opportunity. So, yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different ways to kind of identify like an ideal market. By using a lot of that information, so that's that's definitely a focus of mine, at least. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm okay. gonna we hit this last question here. One more question, or one of the last questions? Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, this is a big one. What would you want your legacy to be? Okay,
0: well, I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, you know, especially you know when I when uh, my my two kids are born, mm-hmm. right. And because before, you know, it was more just, like, about me, me, me. Now, you know, I have a family, and it's not just about me anymore. And so a lot of things that I look for um, now is, like, what can I do to to really value add in not just real estate, but just the way how I, you know, teaching the kids, you know, like understanding the world and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? And But as far as, like, um Leaving a legacy. I want. I want this to be more. I want. I want to do good in the world. I know it's very vague, but like I want to. Like it, to me, like money, is just. I know we we're talking about money, but money to me, is just a tool, right. right? It's more about you know what kind of value, what kind of impact you can make, you know. So when you invest in real estate, you're really providing. If you if you do houses or whatever, if you do land. And build on top, or flipping it to another person who are thinking about putting a custom home on their dream home on the lot. Like, that is making an impact, yeah, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so, so with that, I think, like, so i am what, what I try to say is, like, I try to look for something that I can provide more value, make more impact in everything I do. It's not just about, like, flipping a piece of land, right? right? It's more about like, what can I offer to the end buyer? You know what I mean? Like that would make a better place in that community. No, I
1: love that. Something like that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I love that. I I think, yeah, I'm beyond the money thing for sure. You know, I mean, in an ideal world, if I had like, you know, you know, billion dollars and I can go and donate it to these major causes, I mean, that'd be, that'd be wonderful. But I think I try to look at it now in more like kind of humble terms in that, you know, I, I think I want to be remembered as someone that, um, their skills and their abilities to help other people and help them, you know, improve sure. their lives. I think that's the big thing. And then, you know, then there's the other thing too, about yeah. leaving a legacy through your children, you know, and building a business and building an assets and everything that can help make their lives just a little bit easier maybe than it was for me, you know? So there's that aspect yeah. of it as well. But ultimately, you know, I think I just want to be, um, I'm rather like a simple person, you know, I just really wanted to be like remembered as, again, as someone that utilized what they had to be able to help other people, you know, improve their lives the best way that they can, you know, and that is really it. So like, I don't have a a dollar measuring stick and I don't even have a measuring stick in terms of like, I want to have to, I want to help X number of people, you know, like be a millionaire or whatever it happens to be. It's just more of a personal level than anything else. You know, it's like, you know, you imagine yourself at your funeral or whatever else and the people that will show up hey, and speak right, well of right. you, you know, and that, that's really where the measure is. No, for sure. Yeah.
0: And I think, like, this is one of the reasons why we, we started this podcast, yeah. right? It's to be able to educate people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. this is this is a type of legacy. Yeah. If you think about it. Like, all these different, like, educational pieces that we try to come, or we try to produce and provide for, for our listeners. Right. Because... These are the things, like, it's coming from our experience, it's coming from our trial and error, you yeah. know, like like things that are mistakes and everything. And it's just like reading a book, right? Mm-hmm. You're really, um, you know, the the author, whoever is, re- leaving a legacy, sort of, right, right? In, in, in the books. Because when you read a book, it's collapsing the time frame. Right. And so, you know, we, we hope to do that with this podcast. I mean, I know this is like our very first <laughs> one, and you can tell we're kind of nervous about <laughs> More for Not me, me um, but I, I promise you there will be
1: a lot of good value. Yeah, absolutely, um, in this podcast Absolutely, moving forward. That's great. That's very yeah. cool. Next question, man. So, so what is the
0: best strategy from zero to six figures, and why?
1: Yeah, you know, I. You may even have a, a better answer for this one than than I do actually, but you know, um, yeah, I feel like there's two pathways, right? You, you could be a scenario where you're doing these smaller deals, you know, and you're kind of stacking up your experience, you know, it might be smaller profits and everything like that. But, But that's kind of like the, the pathway that you're comfortable with. The other pathway is that you go big and you may not have the money, but you have faith in the idea that if you can find a good deal, that the money will be there and you'll find that the actual deal partners to actually fund it, you know? So within the concept of land at least, and probably real estate in general, you know, I guess I would advocate to the fact that the best way is to learn a strategy that provides unique value to people that are really willing to pay for it. So you need to be in like a high dollar environment like real estate, and you need to be able to have a unique set of knowledge, and you need to be able to apply it in a manner that can actually help people um, and and, and actually do well that way. So for me, It's these things like, you know, large, large flips or large subdivisions and entitlement plays and things like that, because I know that I can get to six figures really quick um, and without without really much struggle. And so but, you know, again, that's my my perception of where I come from. There's other people that are like very um, systems and processing oriented and they're very good at like scaling and getting tools and everything and kind of leveraging themselves in that way. And that's amazing. It's not my, my skill set, but some people are really good at that. And so I applaud them for that. You're for right. me, it's kind of going for um, maybe fewer higher quality deals that have the, the bigger money attached.
0: No, for sure. I, I'm kind of the same way. Um, there is so many different ways to make money in, in land. I mean, real estate in general is tons, but, you know in land, there's still a lot of different ways, different niches within the niche yeah. and so you know for there's not really like a one size fits all right It really comes down to your personality too, you know because like you said, some people have a very structure they they can have these systems in place, right, and they just crank out like a like like a fast food yeah. shot, right right you know what I mean, and so which is good. Um, you know, they go for the, like you know the lower dollar amount or whatever mm-hmm. pro- type of properties, and just it, it's like a it's like a Walmart, right? Right, you just keep pumping up. Or do you want to be more like a like a Costco, I mean, which is still they still pump out a lot of yeah. stuff, but I feel like it's a little bit more value in there. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, so kind of going back to what you're saying. For me, I think it's a little bit mixture of both. Um, I like to kind of do about you know, five deals a month. Mm-hmm. That's kinda of like my sweet spot. Five deals a month at like, you know, ten to twenty thousand dollars profit right. each. Right? That's like the goal that I'm shooting at. And I think it's super attainable, you know, and, and it doesn't take a lot of like, I mean you still need to have system. It doesn't matter what right. you do, right? You still need to have some sort of system, but you don't need to have this crazy system where, you know, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And I think the key, though, is really persistent, right? That's a great point. Just got to be persistent. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. Right? Just got to keep doing it. Like send a direct mail out, send whatever, whatever you do. Mm -hmm. Just pick something and just go for it. Yeah. And I think that's what happened, you know. I mean, I, you know, nobody's perfect, right? right? You know, I I always have to constantly remind myself, you got to keep doing it, right? Yeah. Be persistent. So, yeah. I think that's the fastest way. It's to pick something, right, um, That that's worth your time, okay? That's another thing, too, is that what, you know, are you going to do this $500 deal and make $1,000? Uh, it's not bad, right. right? But what if you can do, I don't know, like a $5,000 deal and make ten dollars or $20,000, sure. right? Same amount of time, same effort, same stress. Yeah, And... You just have big, you know, big
1: outcome. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, It's like being focused again, the whole shiny object syndrome concept again, you know, not getting diverted, you know, to the next thing that kind of pops up. I think a lot of people talk about that. Um, And, you know, it's, I think it's just very, very true. I think it's too true too, is that once you find like your niche or or your, your space, so to speak, is to stay true to it, you know, and, and really like push it to as far as you can really push it. Um, and become that 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 expert within that thing that you're actually doing, you know. And I think that that speaks a lot as well. And so, yeah, I think persistence, obviously, yeah, is a sure. huge thing too. You gotta stay pushing no matter what.
0: Yeah, like drill a one inch hole and go a mile yeah, deep, right? Right. right. And um, you know, it's, it's it's easy to say, of mm-hmm. course, uh, but. I think you just have to constantly remind yourself. Like it's not being about perfect; it's just about being aware. Like if you, st- if, you if you kind of go off track a little bit, you gotta be aware, you know, to, to switch it back to your lane and continue that that you know that role. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you and I know a couple of people who just these high volume, right. you know, investors, and they focus on you know this lower um, lower value type mm-hmm. of properties and stuff. And they done very well. Yeah.
1: So it's hard to like. Right? It's hard to say that what they're doing is wrong. That's why I'm always saying there's no right or wrong. It's about really what's right or wrong for yeah. you as an individual, as an investor. You know. Sure. And so like I think sometimes you have to try on again different shoes, right? You got to try on different things and and find that it doesn't work and understand the value of finding the thing that doesn't work because that this you know that gets you that much closer to the thing that will. So don't be afraid to try something. Yeah, yeah. But also know that if it's not speaking to you or it's not working for you, know when to pull the plug, not on real estate investing, but pull the plug on maybe that particular strategy and just adjust accordingly. That's sure. all it is.
0: No, that's so true. I mean it's it's just being a, being aware right. of of where you're at. You know what I mean? Because everything works if you put enough effort sure. and time. Right. And Money, yeah, right. Uh, sometimes it depends on the money, too, yeah. right? Like, you know, are you gonna continue feeding the cow, <laughs> or or you know, what I yeah. mean,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's so true, though, yeah. So, it's interesting,
0: and that takes experience, try and error, too, right? You know, what I mean, hopefully, you 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 learn it, you you figure out like as soon as possible if it's working right. or not,
1: right?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, that's not not really real, right? Like, a set. Like, you know how some people say it's like a blueprint to, yeah you know, six figures. Like, everybody's different, man. Everybody interprets information differently. Sure. And so it might work for you. It might not work for me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Everybody's different. Totally. So you just need to kind of find your own way. You got to learn the basics. Right. Like, you know, the foundation. But once you understand that, then you can kind of figure your own
1: you path. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So. Alright man, we have one last question. Anyway, that's a really fun one. You want to take it?
0: So, if if there's a zombie apocalypse started today,
1: right. right?
0: Who are the three people you want to be on your team?
1: So, that's a good question. I love it because I'm always afraid of the zombie apocalypse. You know, it could happen any day now. So, I'm preparing <laughs> I'm preparing all the time just in case. Yeah. Um, the three people that I want on my team uh, let's see. I feel like I need to be entertained, you know, to some degree, you know, the, can these people be alive or yeah. dead or do they have to all be alive?
0: They can be, a, they can okay. be both.
1: Okay. So like, if I'm going to be like entertained, you know, I might like want somebody like Bob Marley or something like that. I think that'd be pretty cool. And I could be entertained, you know, long-term that way. That's for sure. But the next thing is it's like outsourcing, right? So I need to be able to outsource like my food gathering. So I need to have somebody that's really good at food gathering. So I'm thinking somebody like Bear Grylls, right? Like, it's like, you know, Bear Grylls, Mm. if I'm in the apocalypse, I want that dude on my team because like, you know, he'll, he'll like, you know, kill a cow to feed you and then he'll use the skin to camp under, you know what I mean? So I feel like I can use like Bear Grylls, that's for sure, you know? Um, And then the third person, uh, let's see here. I would, I'd probably be remiss if I didn't say somebody like my wife or something like that. I think that would be a good third person to be with. If nothing else, Uh, she'd be entertaining as well. (laughs) Well, you know what? (laughs) they're they're 4, 5 and 6, you know. So uh, yeah, yeah. they they're the next on the list, you know. If somebody yeah. if one of those if Bear Grill says, "You know what? I'm not I'm not hacking it with you," then I'll right. replace him with one of them. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. How no, about that's you, man? that's funny, man. Like I I would say I'm kind of in the same way. I think like you definitely need some survival um, expert, you know, and right. I really don't know. Bear Grill is cool. Um, there's another guy that like survivor man I don't know if you remember yeah yeah I he's pretty him, yeah. hardcore like he he yeah. he, like he he doesn't have a crew like he did his own filming and everything crazy so I'll probably have right. him um, and yeah. then you know as far as like I definitely want my wife yeah my mm-hmm. wife for sure and then the third person nice. entertaining hmm. but is cool my wife and I went uh, uh Jamaica for a honeymoon. Yeah, oh, nice. yeah we okay. visited his, uh, cool. his little like house and everything. Um, anyway. Oh, that's cool. Entertainment. I don't know. There's so many. Like It's so hard to pick one. I'm just being honest. Right. I think I would just – can I pick an app? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Take an app? That's brilliant, a, man. If you could take an app with yeah. you and the app actually works, oh my god! Like that can solve everything. I'm sorry, I would do
0: like a Spotify robot.
1: There you go. Okay, yeah. Then you have then you can have anything you want. Man. That's brilliant. Everything. All right.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's perfect, man. Uh, See, so that just with that, man. Like, then we can like team up together and we'll have like everything. You know, I you know, know? That'd right? be great. No, for sure. Yeah, that'll be awesome. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. very cool, man. I love it. I love all those questions. Those are really good.
0: Oh, man. So yeah
1: guys, I think like we were just trying to like give you an idea as far as you know what the, the show is about, the direction that we're moving, a little bit about you know who we are and kind of a flavor of all of those kind of things and you can get a sense that you know we both come from like different um, backgrounds, but we're coming to um, real estate investing and specifically land in a very similar space. So yeah. um, we're really looking forward to the opportunity.
0: For sure. And I think, you know, a lot of it is um, with today's day and age, right? Like me, and you can tell I'm I'm pretty casual. You know, I like to, I don't like to wear suits. Uh, Even for you too, Mike, right? So I think like with our type of personality, you know, I would like to make deals, you know, sitting on a beach, right? Sipping on Mai Tai or something like that, right? And talk business. Like that's the vibe. That's the style, lifestyle that, you know, I think I can speak for you, Mike. Like we're all kind of the same. So... You know, if if this is something, you know, if you can kind of relate to what, what we're talking about here, you know, we hope for you to, you know, come on and um, listen to our podcast and subscribe. And, you know, I think there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of value that we we have a lot of things planned. Let's put it that way. Um, right. Bring on guests in the future, um, industry experts and, you know, other real estate entrepreneurs and stuff like that. I think it would be great.
1: Absolutely. Yeah absolutely all those things we're looking forward to it you know and then as you guys hear what we have to say and you have ideas and stuff there'll be ways for you to reach out give us suggestions you know yeah. and, it, and hopefully over time it becomes you know not just like our direction but it becomes something that we all want to actually participate for in. sure so taking yeah. some lead from you guys as well
0: yep yep sounds all right. good all right until next time
1: yeah right. right, you guys thanks take care thank you
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, there's a lot of value in this, and I hope you can take these actionable items and apply it to your real estate land investment business. Uh, if you feel like we brought some value to you, please leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This will allow the algorithm to kind of push a podcast up higher and get more reach so that we can help more people and also share with your friends, you know, your investor friends or whoever are kind of in that investing space. Uh, until next time, have a good one.